Hey guys, kia That means how's it going in Bangla? So, I absolutely hate today's topic, but that's exactly why I want to talk about it. It needs to get aired out, and quite frankly, it needs to end. Today, our focus is on domestic violence between desi partners, i.e. boyfriends, fiancés, and spouses. So, let's go grab our chai, and let's have a serious chat. So, this past weekend I was notified that my mashi, which means aunt, who lives in Bangladesh, was physically abused. Except I was the last person anyone wanted to share the situation with, knowing my inability to keep quiet about things like this. She has undergone countless surgeries in her uterus in the past few years. She had multiple cysts and infections. Our family has sent money for medications, and spoke to several doctors to make sure the procedures were being done correctly. And although she should be on bed rest, she spends her days making sure the kids get to school, gets picked up from school, are fed, gets their studying done, and put to bed. We've been praying for her nonstop in terms of her body and so that it would heal, but I never thought I'd ever see the day where I'd be staring down at pictures that she was brave enough to send over. Her head was swollen from being knocked against a wall repeatedly. (laughs) She was punched in the face and her eye was busted and bruised up. But that's all I can tell from the pictures she sent. I didn't see the damage done to the rest of her body, but she was beaten and thrown and scratched. I cried because this sure as hell could not have been the first time he has done this to her. And what's even worse is that I honestly feel like my hands are possibly tied in this matter, but my mouth is not. Unfortunately, third world countries like Bangladesh don't have a lot of resources. And while people may think, hey, call the cops, it's a great idea, right? But in countries like that, law enforcement officials may be corrupt or they'll just turn a blind eye because it is so normal to beat your wife and to think that's none of my business, that it may cause more harm than good by speaking up. When there's domestic violence issues in a household, it is also not uncommon for family members to be notified to the point where brothers or family members will gang up and go threaten the husband and tell him to basically knock it off. That may work, but a majority of the time, that only causes more frustration and it causes more beatings. So that again, is why I feel like my hands are tied. There are no safe houses in Bangladesh that I'm aware of, and it really sucks knowing that because she's sick, she has even fewer options because she still needs someone to take care of her. But now I firmly believe that the reason that she hasn't fully recovered yet is because no one is taking care of her. Instead, they're making it worse. I am actively searching for resources that can help her out and women like her out in Bangladesh to be able to be safe and be healthy. So if anyone knows of anything 
please reach out to me so we can do this together. This kind of thing really hits home. The reason why her situation really resonates with me is because I too was in a situation like this not too long ago for five years. Since I was 16, I was in an abusive relationship, a mental and physical one, and no matter what anyone said, I didn't choose to leave. I really thought abuse was a derivative of love. However, I won't go into full detail, but being pushed, shoved, smacked, and thrown around was a typical day. And not only did I put up with it, I blamed myself. But today, I want to dissect a passage that set me free. And I also want to shed some light on a few red flags that I hope you guys can use too to recognize abuse and either start to make adjustments in your relationships or come to the conclusion that it's time to pick your brown ass up and run. I guess in a way, this episode I'll be speaking as if I'm speaking to my 16-year-old self in hopes to spare her the pain and suffering that came through domestic violence. This passage that liberated me and taught me what real love is goes a little something like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's a Bible verse, but you don't have to be a Christian to agree with it. That is the image of unconditional love, the same love that we vow to give to our significant others. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. Based on my experience and by working at the Manchester Police Department for five years, I've had officers and detectives tell me how most of the crimes in the town's South Asian community actually go unreported because of their hush-hush culture. So the average stats may actually be higher. But Daisies, we know this. We see it in our homes. We see it in our uncles, our aunts. We see it at our friends' houses. And we stay quiet. We mind our own business. Why do we choose to suffer in silence? Let's try to speak up now, as a community. But before we can do that, let's find out where the issues lie. There are three red flags that I think everyone should watch out for. One, infatuation. When you start out in a new relationship, it's almost like you can't get enough of each other. But there is a fine line. If you start to notice that your partner is completely infatuated with you, more than just flowers and taking you out to nice dinners, but showing up unexpectedly and making you feel like you have to spend every waking moment with them. That is dangerous because it leads to isolation. You may start to also notice that they're often inviting themselves with you out with your friends or starting to get jealous of you spending time talking and hanging out with other people besides them. They may even start to find something wrong with everyone that is near you and may get you to start thinking about them in a negative way. They do this 
So not only can they have you for themselves, but in the long run that you're only dependent on them. This isn't easy to recognize because it's all still part of the honeymoon phase. We're usually all blinded by love. We all need our personal space and time to unwind with friends and family. It's not healthy that one human being consumes 99% of your life, new relationship or not. Simply put, without balance, you're gonna fall and crash. And that's exactly what happened to me over five years ago. Number two, they have a bad relationship with their family, specifically their parents. And looking back, that was probably the biggest red flag that was probably waving at me and I totally missed it. So young, so naive. But I get it. A lot of people, including me, may have had a bad relationship with their family at some point or another. But you gotta watch out for the partners that are always playing the victim card. If after a fight or an argument, your partner tends to constantly talk about how they were mistreated growing up, or how it was never fair and they were never allowed to do certain things, or that their parents may have abused them, there's an issue. Although all of that is not right and sad, understand that you are actually their scapegoat. They need you, not to love, but they need someone to assert their dominance over, something they were not allowed to do before. And if you haven't already noticed, they probably need overwhelming amounts of assurance. Extra hugs, extra kisses, extra pats on the back, no matter what and how little the issue may be. But when it comes time for the love to be reciprocated, they actually fail miserably. And not only are they complaining at that point, they actually get physically violent and they come after you. And you may have not even done anything wrong, but again, you're the scapegoat. Number three, they control your physical traits. Never thought I'd share this story out loud, but um, here we are. <laughs> There was a time that I saved up some money for a cute top for a school picture day my freshman year. My mom dropped me off in the morning, so she obviously approved of the top that I was wearing. I decided to go over to my boyfriend's house, um, my ex, and hang out there after school for a little while. We sat down to have dinner. Um, his mom made us some dabhat, so I was ecstatic, but he was acting a little weird. And as soon as his mom actually left the room, he took his plate of hot dabhat and he poured it all down my chest. At first I was upset, but considering how naive I was at the time, my response was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for wearing this top. It's silly to say now, but I was actually really afraid to even wear shorts around him. Not only was he very possessive of me, but um, he was very aggressive when it came to anything that he didn't approve of. So not only did he control the clothes that I was able to wear, he would also tell me when I can go out. He would be vetting my friends, and if he didn't like them, one by one, I had to let go of them. Aside from just attire, when I say that they control your physical traits, if you find that your partner actually judges your personality in general, that is an issue. You'll start to realize over time that you've become a different person altogether because of the way that he asserts his dominance over you. You'll start to lose a little laughter, the little quirks that you may have, and you find yourself to be very serious and feeling like you're walking on eggshells. Major red flags here, guys. 
And let me ask you guys a question. I know you guys watch movies. What happens when a woman is freshly single? They gather up their girlfriends and then they go party. They get reckless because their partner may have clenched the leash so hard that when it was released, so did the victim. Instead of working on themselves to get better, they go on this venture to do everything they felt restricted from doing while they were in their relationship. That's kind of what I did. I kind of just went wild. The fact of the matter is, you shouldn't feel like a caged bird in a relationship. So if any of you guys have noticed any of these red flags in your relationships, here's what I want you guys to hear loud and clear. Number one, it is not your fault. It is simply not your fault that your partner hasn't learned to deal with their emotions or their past. And it's also not your fault when he says, well, you made me do it. You made me so angry that I felt the need to hit you. Bitch, pause. You can't justify hurt feelings with broken ribs and bruises. And general rule of thumb is that if you're embarrassed to tell people you've done something to your partner, don't fucking do it. I've had things thrown at me. I've been restrained and beaten until I've blacked out before. Still not sure how I'm alive today. Oh yeah, God. There are other options than choosing to pick up your fist and taking out your frustration on the people that love you the most. Number two, you can't fix them. This one's short. Don't take it upon yourself to play God and try to fix your partners. You can't. And even if you think you can, I can assure you that the changes that they may have made are completely temporary. It can become a vicious cycle very quickly if you don't seek the right counsel. And the last thing I need you to hear is, don't fall for the bullshit. If you've got friends that always pat you on the back and say it's going to be okay when you share some scary stories, they're not your friends. If you are in an abusive relationship and your friends aren't getting into arguments with you or trying to get you to get away from the craziness, again, they are not your friends. Looking back, I realized that a lot of my friends were actually going through the same thing. And because they had become desensitized to it, they kind of just told me it was going to be okay. And I never felt the urgency to leave my ex. I chose not to completely air out everything he's ever done to me. And I want to be able to respect his privacy because we are no longer together and I wish him all the best. But after our breakup, it got even worse than it was. And um, I had to actually not live at home because there was a lot of stalking and again I'm trying to respect his privacy so I won't go into detail but at the time I was actually at my best friend Khadija's house and he showed up so my best friend at the time was nine months pregnant with her big belly and a shower towel on her head she told me to wait and she went outside threatened to call the cops and completely bitched him out and I will never forget that day. Because I knew what he was capable of doing. He used to say, if we ever broke up, not only would he kill himself, but he would take me out with him. Abusers use a lot of fear and a lot of guilt to, I guess, keep their partners in a chokehold. So they feel like they can't leave. But again, don't fall for that bullshit. I fell for it for five years, but you know what it took 
for me to finally gain a moment of clarity? A Fuji apple chicken salad and a broccoli cheddar soup. Just kidding. But that is what I was eating when I was sitting down with a couple of my best friends, Aaron and Jackie, and I was telling them again for the millionth time about what I was going through, and Aaron looked at me dead straight in the face and said, run. People had spent years trying to convince me to get out of this relationship, but I would never give them the time of day. But in that moment, sitting in Panera Bread with my friends, it finally hit me. I needed to run. Even if that meant that the entire Desi community would have enough to judge me for a lifetime. And that my reputation would be tainted. And my parents would look like they were failures. But that's a risk that I was willing to take for my family. I prayed that in the long run, that it would be the best for all of us. And here I am, almost six years later, and I can look back and say, Leaving that asshole was one of the best decisions for my life and my family. Notice how I said best, not easy. Leaving someone after five years was very difficult. Restraining orders were actually put in place to make sure that we weren't able to hurt each other anymore. Just because you and your partner may be the same race doesn't always mean that it'll work out. Remember that sweet passage I read earlier? The last line was, love never fails. But if you're feeling like your marriage or relationship is failing, it's probably because you two have to remind yourself to differentiate between what is love and what is abuse. And then set aside that they see pride and seek some counsel. I look at domestic violence abuse as a virus. It can be passed from one person to the next and we're all kind of carriers of it due to our own baggage that we may have carried over the years. But it's up to us to now identify the symptoms so we don't pass it along and get ahead of it. So stop thinking that this topic is a mind your own business topic because it's affecting millions of your Desi brothers and sisters because we still haven't chosen to band together and speak up. We can't stay a hush-hush community forever because then the suffering will never end and stories will remain untold and lives will be lost. I've actually decided to research more about this topic and find ways to reduce domestic violence in our Desi homes. Hopefully I'll be able to come back with more information and findings so I can share it with you guys. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to the friends and the mentors that have surrounded me in the past decade and really got me out of the rut that I was in. I love you guys so much. You know who you are. And in terms of my mashi, you best believe that I'm going to do everything in my power to try and get her out of that situation. So send your prayers this way. With that being said, shukriya, dhonnobad, and thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Chai Chat with Mori. I'll be back next week. Thanks, friends. Bye.